he's never seen me fight live. He, he his news in school on uh, Monday is going to be. I flew to Boston and watched my dad fight in the UFC. Are you going to split your bonus with him if you get it? No, definitely, but he says he's going to scream. Um, he's Sound of business? He's already, yeah. Paul's really nice like that, you know. He doesn't need the money in fair. He just jacked up him walking on. The chap's loud. My dream is to be world champion, world lightweight champion in the UFC, have more money than I know what to do with, and have a great life for my, my kids, my grandkids, everyone in my, in my family, everyone that's, that's come up with me. That's my dream. Episode 37 of the Severe MMA podcast is here. Andrew McGahan joined, as always, by Sean Sheehan. Sean, you wanted me to do a little bit of a different introduction this week. Did I? Well, do you know the way you gave off to me last week? It doesn't matter now yeah. because we've already spoke about it, so it's not going to work. But today we're going to talk about UFC 192, the most beautiful UFC fighter in the world, Sage Northcutt, TJ Dillashaw, the rat, Fedor's fight, Gustafsson and Daniel Cormier, <laughs> And will CM Punk ever fight? And this is just because sometimes when we make a list of what we're going to talk about, we get so into it, we end up skipping things off the list. So now, I've, now that I've announced it, we can officially not go back and not talk about any of these things. That was good, like. I must say, that was a good introduction. I'm, was it? Because I, it yeah, wasn't planned. Freestyle, yo. Freestyle, yeah. It's the best way to do it. Any crack? How have your things been since last week? Um, let me think. I'm sick again. So are you as well. I can yeah, hear it in your a voice bit, a little bit. Yeah. A severe MMA illness. Um, I'm wrapped up nice and warm. If Peter Carroll is listening, which I know he is, I'm wearing John Smith's hoodie. He'll know exactly what that means, and there's a great tale behind it. Uh, he left. Oh, I know it. You I know, know it as well, yeah. yeah. And I, uh, yeah. it is a beautiful hoodie all the way from Iceland. Thank you very much, John. And uh, I'm wearing it with pride. Did you get any pizza since last week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, yeah. So, for those that maybe... Didn't see it uh, on Twitter or anything like that. Hold on, just that that connects with John Smith as well, doesn't it? Oh yeah, because they were looking for pizza that night as yeah. well. Um, I ordered a pizza last week after the podcast. We did a late podcast last week. Two forty-five was the finish time that I got everything done editing. <coughs> Rang a Domino's. Domino's is open till uh, four o'clock. Ordered it online. That was grand. Went upstairs to get a bit of money. Sat down in my bed, and then the next thing I know, it is 9 o'clock the following morning. <laughs> my phone has died because it wasn't plugged into a charger, and I turned it on to about seven missed calls between the delivery driver and Domino's. So I am now public enemy number one, and I haven't been you back have, to Domino's <coughs> since. You have to go to Four Star from now on. Uh, we don't even have a Four Star here, we have an Apache you know? pizza. And that's I don't like Apache. We actually have an Apache pizza here as well, but they don't deliver we have a, a four no not a four star a Pizza Hut Express and all of them are crap compared to Domino's so I'm going to go up to Domino's soon and uh, offer to pay well no like I should have done it the next day as opposed to like two weeks later yeah so you fell asleep <sighs> I got FIFA 16 since last I week I still haven't got it yet Brilliant. it's good I'm getting used to it now it's a lot more uh, it's a lot more pass happy than the last game you I have was going to say I hear it's dribbly in it's a bit dribbly, but minute. you have to get past someone. What was that noise you just made? What? I was just kind of... I was disagreeing with you, but I didn't want to kind of just say, no, you're fucking wrong. Outright. So, yeah, because yeah. I haven't played it yet. But I am... Um, I'm broke. I got paid today, would you believe? Nice. Um, today FM finally came through with the goods. What's oh, yeah. oh, nice. uh Poor man's 2FM. A poor man's 2FM, yes. Sorry about that. We're inter national superstars here on the yeah. Severe May podcast but thankfully everyone always comes back home and tunes into us here every Wednesday so Sean since we last spoke Alexander Gustafsson has pretty much proved that he is 
I don't want to call him a bottler. I don't want to say anything uh, degrading uh, like that. I can actually talk openly about the fight as I just watched it before we came <laughs> on. That's I knew where you I hadn't was. fucking watched it. You know, that's where I was. I had, uh, uh, recorded it on 3E and uh, was watching it there. Shh, don't, don't jump down my throat for this. Don't call me all these names. But Alexander Gustafsson is probably pretty pissed off at that result. Uh, how do you mean pissed off at the result? At the decision, like, or at the way he fought? Or what? I would say at the decision. Because watching it there, I deliberately turned off the sound because I heard some people giving off about Joe Rogan. He won rounds two, three, and four. I think four was the closest one, but I could see him. I I thought he was two one up going into the into the championship rounds. I find this fight kind of hard to to score. To be honest, I gave it to Cormier. I think Cormier definitely won the first, and he definitely won the fifth. I think Gustafsson definitely won the second. I think Gustafsson definitely won the fourth as well. Although I've seen a few people say he didn't, but I think I really think he did. I think it all comes down to comes down to the third, to be honest. Um, listen, we've spoken spoken before about how like four minutes of dominance should that mean more or less than like one big shot at the end of the round. And I've always kind of come down on the four minutes of dominance. And I think DC really dominated that round, apart from the last thing. So, like, how do you score How do you score that? Like, personally, I'd score it for DC. And I've Did all the fights take before. him down twice in the third round? No, that wasn't the third round. That was the second round, wasn't it? Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know why it's stuck in my head that it's the third round. Second. Because, like, watching that third round, and then when he finished with the knee the last couple of seconds, I thought... That's his round, like. I know. I, I I don't know. I thought Cormier was in it, but there there was a lot of debate around. Even the fourth round, I thought like it was for Gustafsson, but like people have scored it for Cormier. Like even the second round was close enough. It was one of those decisions. Like overall, I I definitely think Cormier won the fight. Um, I think it's one of those fights in years to come. Alexander Gustafsson, when he's sixty years old. Drinking a drinking a glass of brandy in front of the fire over in Sweden. I think it's the one he'll look back on and think, I left that behind me. I really did. I don't think the John Jones fight is like that. I think he gave everything he could in the John Jones fight and and uh, that was it. But I, I think this fight, Gustafsson really did leave it behind him. Like, okay, in the first round, he came out, he was doing what he needed to do. And Carmi obviously got in close, got him up against the cage and uh, landed, landed the big slam. And Gustafsson didn't really, didn't really get in that position anymore for the whole fight. But in doing that, he didn't fight the, his own game plan. Like his game plan, like I wrote last week that like either Cormier would do that, he'd push him up against the fence, and he'd take him down, or else Gustafsson would fight in the outside, and he'd circle around him, he'd jab, jab, get in, hit him with a couple of hooks, and then, like uh, Cormier would would try to pressure him. Cormier did try to pressure him, but I think this fight kind of played out in a way I don't think anyone could have expected. It was it was just a weird fight. It, I think all game plans were basically thrown out the window. I think Gustafson's because I'm not sure if he got hurt or if he just kind of lost his legs or if he had an adrenaline dump or something in the first round after Carmier took him down. But it just kind of went out the window. And I think Carmier's went out the window because he couldn't he knew he couldn't really catch Gustafson if you know what I mean. No, because he was running um, after him swinging wildly for Yeah. Like, that was the one issue that I had with some of the rounds that people thought Cormier won. Cormier was coming after him and tagging and swinging 
But Gustafsson, for a large part of the fight, was actually able to utilize his range very well and just like maybe not land the hard shots, but constantly landing at a distance that was frustrating Cormier, that was making Cormier come in, start swinging wildly. Gustafsson attacked the body very well. Uh, left hooks to the body yeah. were landing on quite a number of occasions, and he was able to go between the head and the body um, to great effect. And I just thought that Cormier kind of... People were kind of giving off that Gustafsson was running away. From yeah, that was running. bullshit. Like was, no, he was like. Do you think it was bullshit that he was doing, or do you think it was no, bullshit that he was? People were saying uh, he was running away. I think it was bullshit. People were saying he's running away. Like you've Daniel fucking Cormier coming after you, about to catch onto your back. You should be fucking running away. Yeah. If you're not running away, you're a fucking idiot. Like he did it five or six times in the and fight, only and he was once, dead right. Yeah, he completely right. And only once I feel it was the wrong decision, and it was the time that he. Uh, he took maybe two or three shots to the back of the head yeah. while he was doing it. But every other single time he was doing it to get out of to get out of Cormier's like um to get away from his strikes and he got away from them. He only ate a couple of the strikes running away, turning his back. People were like, Don't give your back up, bro and I was like, Yeah, fucking give your back up. Like Cormier once Cormier most of the times that he did it and ended up turning and running or just trying to reset, was after Cormier had got a clinch and landed about five or six uppercuts. Like, that was the... If you're going to give the fight to any way, shape, or form to Cormier in the way that he won the rounds, his clinch work, his dirty boxing was phenomenal in that fight. He was really able to open up Gustafsson with the uppercuts. And, like, whether it's his strength, whether it was some of the shots were stunning Gustafsson, it just seemed like, why is he still standing there? Do you know, like, Cormier was rattling off four, fives, and sixes with ease, like, and then it was then it was that Gustafsson was reacting. Yeah, I think two things won the fight for Cormier. As you said there, he's clinching. Even though there wasn't that much clinching, but the clinching, like, in the middle of the of the uh, cage, not there was hardly no clinching against Vince, but as you said, that clinch in the middle of the cage where he was landing all those uppercuts, even though, like, thinking back now, you think, oh, there was a lot of that, but I watched the fight again, and that, there actually wasn't that much of it, maybe, like, four or five, maybe, cases of it in the whole fight. But that was kind of enough. And what a, uh, the other thing that won it for him was his pressure. I thought his pressure was very good. As you said there, like he was just Octagon swinging bunches. control. <laughs> but as you said there, he was swinging bunches. Like if Diego Sanchez has taught us anything, that swinging bunches wins fights. And he did catch Gustafsson with a lot of them. Like I was impressed. I have to say I was impressed with, with Carmia. I didn't think he could win a standing up fight no matter where it happened. But I think, look... If any, if a standing up fight did happen, I think this is the only way it could have gone in favor of Cormier. Like Gustafson, I think, as you said there, he was winning most of the um, most of the ex- exchanges, like in the boxing range, but not so much that like it outweighed what Cormier was doing as well. Like Gustafson, see, there's a few different ranges of, like of striking. There's in fighting, which you see like. I suppose the biggest example of it is Robbie Lawler, John Hendricks, like they're hand fighting, fighting right in the inside. And then there's kind of fighting in the pocket, which Gustafsson and Cormier were doing, basically just landing shots in each other, teeing off in each other. And then there's fighting on the outside, out fighting, where Gustafsson should have been fighting, but he didn't. And I wasn't like, you know, these things, who was it said it recently? I, I was actually Andy Lee, the boxer. He got knocked down in his fight there against Kid Chocolate. And he said he didn't wake up until like the eleventh round, and he like he didn't realize what was happening. He didn't get really get back fighting his game plan until the eleventh round. I think the same thing kind of happened to Gustafsson. Like it didn't really look like he got healed or anything, but he just didn't fight to his game plan at all until like halfway through the fourth round, 
and he started doing it again. And by the time he did it, he was obviously worn out, like four rounds in. So I, I think that takedown in the first round from Cormier was huge. Like those takedowns, those slams, they're often I think overstated slightly. Like they're big and stuff, and you know they look good. But I think they, like oftentimes they are overstated. But I think that one. With Fergus Afson, he there's a lot of talk about before about him coming in, coming off of a loss, and I think that actually worked against him more than anything else. I think if Gustafsson was in form <coughs> and he got taken down like that, he would have, like McGregor, got back up and been like his confidence would have still been there. He would have been able to get back into his game plan, but I think he doesn't like he wasn't in a confident mood coming into the fight or something. I'm sure he was confident that he'd win and everything, but he wasn't on a roll. If you know what I mean, Do you know these things. These things aren't easy to get on. Like the, there's like in sport, a lot of the time it's it's uh, the form that you're in and stuff. And I think uh, that might have played against him as well. But it was, it was a good fight, a very good fight. It was probably a second or third fight of the year. But I, people calling it a classic, an instant classic. I don't think it was that because I don't think either guy fought their best fight. If you know what I mean, I think. Cormier could definitely fight better, even though he did very well to fight and to win where the fight took place. And I think Gustafsson kind of he could have done a lot better. I think, uh, as I said there, I think in years uh, in years to come, he looked back and he realized that was a fight he threw away. Because if you were picking Gustafsson to win that fight, you would have said he had to take Cormier out of his game. He had to stop the takedowns of Cormier to stop the, the clinch against defense, and he did that. Apart from the one takedown, he did that. Cormier basically had no time clinching against the defense. He had no takedowns. And, uh, yeah, that was it. Watching that fight, though, John Jones would have to be a happy man. Yeah, he'd be leader. Because Andy. I think after watching that Daniel Cormier performance against... Fair enough, he did pretty good against Anthony Johnson. That was a very good performance. But against someone like Alexander Gustafsson, who is more similar to John Jones than Anthony Johnson is... Um, I think John Jones will finish will finish Daniel Cormier if they fight again. Yeah, I actually watched the John Jones fight um, the night before that fight, and like I hadn't watched it back. I don't think maybe only once since. And what a huge part of that was actually the clinch, like the um, like the DC Gustafson fight, like the clinch in the middle of the cage. And John Jones like won nearly all of those exchanges in the clinch. Like, and there was a lot of talk before that fight as well. That's where Cormier was good, and he's very good at that. And we saw how good he was at the week uh, at the weekend, like against a bigger guy like Gustafsson. Like Gustafsson kind of controlled his his right arm a couple of times, and he couldn't get off. But other than that, Cormier was hurting him, hitting him hard. His nose and face were all bloodied up. J- John Jones beat him there. <laughs> like John Jones is this guy with this huge reach, good from the outside, keeping you on the end of his kicks. But he beat Cormier on the inside as well. He beat him up on the inside. Imagine if he can do that and beat him up more on the outside again. Like that John Jones fight. I don't think that was his best performance either. If he comes back, if he's his head screwed on right, I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll beat Cormier easy, more, even more easily than the than the first time. Like what a lot do of you people think were saying. Happen there. When is it going to happen? UFC two hundred. Mm. I think sooner. I think John Jones is ready to go. He's been training. He has been training, no matter what people say. Like he, yeah. He's been in the camps. There's been pictures of him in Jackson's for the last while. Uh, the pictures of his physique are absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. He has never looked this good outside of a um, so far away for, from a fight. 
maybe he is a little bit, uh, maybe he has got his head screwed on, who knows, maybe he's still smoking weed, doing coke in private, all of that stuff, and he's just not going to get caught again, who cares? Out of competition, he can do it. Out of competition, he can do whatever he wants, people can do whatever they want in their private lives, as long as John Jones is responsible as a champion and p publicly portrays himself in the correct manner, let him do whatever he wants, let him go in there, let him fight Daniel Cormier, you know, the UFC surely, like, first of all, what did the UFC say about the Vitor Belfort thing? I, it's on the tip of my head. I know they were questioned uh, about it. It was the most hilarious thing ever. It was like, yeah. oh, well, pretty much TRT is very hard to understand. K, no questions, bye. That was it. That was basically it. Uh, Dana kind of, uh, Dana had personal matters to attend to and couldn't, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't attend the press oh. conference, unfortunately. And well, Dave, hopefully, uh, hopefully it actually isn't anything too serious. Uh, yeah oh yeah I know that yeah I, I laughed about it I suppose I shouldn't but yeah uh, Dave what can he say really I suppose like the as Josh Gross himself said he wasn't accusing them of doing a cover up he was just really asking questions and putting the information out there you know and uh, it was basically what he said well he, he kind of said it that he was. This was an opportunity for the UFC to clear it up, <laughs> and they just—they really didn't like. They, like, maybe they're smart not to. Maybe they're just. Maybe they just want to leave it all blow over. Maybe that's the smartest thing to do. Like from our point of view, or from oh, the world's point of view, it. people want to ignore just ignore it. Just, yeah, like, <laughs> It'll what, go away in a year's time. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Can't remember that. Did yeah. you guys not see McGregor versus Aldo? <laughs> the only problem is Vitor Belfort is fighting in like uh, three weeks. Something. Just just cancel the press conference and stuff. Just don't let them ask no any questions. No media obligations for Vitor Belfort that <laughs> turn up, Turn up on fight night, lads. You'll be grand. We'll see us then. Yeah. Um, sorry, we got off the top there. Just go back to John Jones for a second. I think the USC are going to maybe announce something in the next couple of weeks. John Jones is free to come back, blah, blah, blah. Maybe wants to know that whenever Daniel Cormier is fit to fight again, that's the fight that I think they have to book. Uh, Jones and... Uh, Cormier. Jones and Cormier. Yeah, it is, really. Um, after Bader's performance the weekend as well, I think I think definitely. Um, like, the, at the end of the day, this is a, this is a money-making promotion. They want to make their money... This, talk, like, this New York show, Daniel Cormier said he won't fight in it if it happens, which means he'll fight in it if it happens. <laughs> because, you know, Daniel Cormier is smart. You know, he's not He's not going to say, I'm not going to do something. Like, he, he just said that behind closed doors or whatever if he didn't want to do it. But because he says it in, like he said in the press conference, you know that he wants, like he wants to do it. He's just looking for more money. He's looking. Um, I'm not saying he's looking for an excuse, but he's looking. You know, to beat. If he beats John Jones, he's going to beat him in his own backyard. You know, it, it could happen. Um, although I, I don't think the New York thing is going to happen. But if it doesn't happen there, if New York doesn't happen, UFC 200 is probably the most likely thing. Even though that's a long time away, we could have another case of this, like McGregor against Aldo, the, the whole world tour kind of a thing. Six or seven months of uh, hype, of build-up hype and stuff. Maybe good in one way, but in another way, I kind of I want to see it happening. I want to see it happen as quick as possible. I don't think you I know, can wait till July yeah. next year to see those two guys fight. Do you know what would be funny as well? Like Carmia standing there with the belt and Jones not have, having a belt. 
Like what, that'd be a bit a, ridiculous. Like to be fair, a because situation. as um, as a lot of people pointed out on Twitter, I know it was Front Row Ryan that made me aware of it. It's like, look at how embarrassing this whole UFC thing is now. If they had just said Jones gone for six months, get the court case stuff sorted, free the like, just keep him the champion for those six months. Now look, he's cleared a fight again. Do you know, like the the UFC had to do what they did. They pulled the trigger on it, and it was a instinctive reaction, I think, to the circumstances that were presented to them at the time. But uh, now you're, you've kind of got a guy who's not the champion, who is the champion. Yeah, like, fair yeah, enough. This is he's a tough situation. Fair enough. I know I said it. Once he beats Gustafsson, I was like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Maybe he is. Uh, he's going to be the champion, but. It is good, like you said there. The main thing about it, my main problem about it, is John Jones will be the challenger when John Jones has never lost his belt. It's like it is a paper championship, in fairness. Like I hate to say that because it kind of demeans DC a bit, and he deserves to be champion. Like John Jones fucked up; he deserved to have that title stripped. Like DC deserves to be champion, but like it'd be a lie if you, if you didn't say it was a paper championship. Like it really is. Like John Jones is still the champion; everybody knows it. And if they fight again. He'll he'll be the champion again. So, before we get to Sage, what do you think about Ryan Bader? Did you see the fight with Rashad Evans? I did. Well, until I turned it off because I was that bored. It was. It wasn't good. Like first of all, Rashad Evans is tiny. I thought there was something wrong with my television. That Ryan Bader was so much bigger than Rashad Evans in that fight. He's a big boy, isn't he? Ryan it was big boy. like Rashad Evans, if he can make 185. I know there was talk about it for years about him maybe dropping down. Around like there was talk of Rashad going down to fight Silva at one point. That is something that I would definitely be interested in seeing because like Rashad is the smaller version of Daniel Cormier, and then you see the two of them fight on the same night, and you see the size difference of them. You're like, how are these guys the same weight class? Rashad, I think, could be so much better at 85. Obviously, there was cobwebs. Um, he still has liquid shoulders he was rolling them shoulders all night long mm. but was able to do absolutely nothing about it still looks like that guy out of my wife and kids still moves around the same way as he did before but overall maybe it's just Ryan Bader being the hot shot at the minute on a good run like he's going to be pissed off now he's been looked at he's been looked over for the next title shot I actually disagree with you on Rashad everything I think he should move to heavyweight what I think I think he's too he's too slow for uh, the two or fivers. Imagine how slow he'd be at one eighty five. Like he's he's fought it everywhere before. He's getting older. I uh, if he doesn't retire, I'd I'd like to see him fight it ever. Like imagine him, imagine him against someone like uh, Stipe or Ryan Nelson or something. I think there's there's winnable fights for him there. Like would I would I don't think I'd pick him over. Um, Joel Romero or uh, Jack Ray or Chris Weidman or Rockhold or any of them. I think he's a better chance at everywhere. But I suppose that's that's beside the point. But Ryan Bader, he's a big guy. And I, I think I realised that when OSP fought Pat Cummins, like when OSP, OSP fought Bader, I think they were like like a very similar size. And then OSP went in against Pat Cummins, he was like so, so much fucking bigger than him. And I like, couldn't believe it. But um, look, <coughs> Bader's had a great run. As I say, he beat OSP, beat Phil Davis, beat Rashad Evans. Can't take that away from him. Um, his last five fights in a row, all those five wins have all been by decision, like including uh, Anthony Parosh and Rafael Feijão, <coughs> which isn't, which isn't, isn't great. Like, but if this was the n- normal situation, he'd definitely be the next contender, like because. We've spoken about a few times before. Two or five 
is very light. The division, like, it basically has nothing there. All, everyone has been beaten. Like, Glover has been beaten by John Jones. Phil Levis is gone. OSP lost. Rashad Evans lost. D, like, <laughs> but this whole John Jones situation is just throwing everything up in the air. Like, you have to feel bad for Ryan Bader, but you can't feel too bad for him. Like, yeah, no, because I don't want to yeah. see it. I don't want to see I Ryan Bader fight either, Daniel no. Cormier. No. Cool story, Ryan. You've won a couple of, you've won a couple of fights. A uh, few decisions littered in in and around there. It's like I want to see John Jones come back and style try styling Daniel Cormier, yeah, and I want to see Daniel Cormier get so annoyed that he's that John Jones is this despicable human being and how he's the champion and he's gonna put him in his place and then Jones is gonna laugh, Jones is gonna call him a pussy and then Jones is gonna jab him to death in the fight and beat him easily. The bad thing for uh, Ryan Bader though is. John Jones has already whooped him as well. <laughs> so, like, what's, what's going to happen? Oh, John Jones wins. Oh, I'm going to fight John Jones again and gets absolutely fucking murdered. Like, I think this is... I better have a bit of a chance against Cormier. I think, like, I think Cormier will win that fight pretty handily. But he's absolutely no chance against John Jones again. But, uh, yeah. I just saw uh, a Waterford Whispers News article that's doing the rounds here on Facebook again, considering the seasons that's in it. Yeah, Jerry Adams just wondering if anyone needs fireworks while he's up the north next week. <laughs> I actually heard the first fireworks there the, of the the season last night. Did Fucking you, bastards? Yeah. Um, you know it's my birthday soon, Sean. Is it? What yeah. day is your birthday? The thirty first of October. Ash, Jesus. I'm just Nothing. giving you enough time to get the present. You know, just to get everything in order. I um, buy you your first drink at UFC Dublin. That's it. No. You're Go okay. on. Why you, you need to start drinking pints, seriously. Why do I need to start drinking pints? Because I'm, I'm a nice crack. person. But I don't need drink to have a good time, Sean, okay? I'm not saying that. Look, I don't Just care. If I don't want to go to the teenage disco, I don't have to go to the teenage disco, all right? Go. You have to go. I'm getting you a pint of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Just drink it. That's a good way to start. Just down a pint of vodka. Down a pint of vodka. It's, <laughs> it's, what, it's all rushed to the hospital straight yeah. away. Do you know, I drank 1.5 litres of Polish vodka in nine seconds before. What? Yeah. How? Nearly died. <laughs> <laughs> it was grand. Listen. I had to get my stomach pumped. Almost died. <laughs> I, I should have. would do one, it again. One lads gave me... Um, I was in college. Like, he was fucking retarded. But one of the lads gave me um, uh, wa- uh, like a glass of water with washing up liquid on it. And I got everything up. So, like, I was puking for about 10 hours. But anyway, I woke up the next morning. I felt grand. It was actually fine. Went home from college. That was it was a Friday night, I think. Went home from college on the Saturday, came back up the Sunday and like went into bed and stayed there for like four days, nearly nearly fucking died. And just then had the shivers. Hit you. Yeah. <laughs> nearly died after about four days, I was fine. Definitely had alcohol poisoning. That is mad. So you drank yeah. fairy liquid to get rid of it? Yeah, when the lads gave it to me, like I was so pissed I didn't have a clue. Like, um there was a film of, what was a film of heat or something, like Al Pacino was in it. And I was just sitting there in front of the television, Al Pacino, Al Pacino. And then I tried to get up to walk to like there, there's a it was like a sit room kitchen thing in college. And I went you know, went to walk to the table and I was like, Oh my legs don't work, so I just leaned up against the, t- the table. And then he gave me uh the wash up legs. Okay, so if was, anyone is listening to this don't thinking do that. it might be a good idea, this is the disclaimer. Our legal team are just paging in as we speak. Do not listen to Sean Sheehan. Do not try drink as much no, vodka as he did that. in a couple of seconds. No. Although it does prove you could drink Jeremy Bader under the table. It's only a few short weeks until he pretends he's an Irishman again. If he's, he's even coming. coming. Oh, he's what a bottler. Typical. He's not coming. Anyway, right, before we just get back on to other things. North Korea, 
North Korea. Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un. Glorious leader. There we go. A couple more podcast hits coming straight out of North Korea because of that. 50 more followers. Sean, Sage Northcutt. Okay, maybe... Fuck everyone. No, yeah, no, that's pretty much what I'm going to say. Maybe it's because... Jealous bastards. Maybe because I'm annoyed that I didn't know who he was and I love a bandwagon and yeah, Yeah. I saw Conor McGregor fighting cage wires, etc, etc. But I'm not buying this at all. What? Not at all. He, Fuck you. No, like he fought a nobody. Let's just get that out there straight away. Fought a no, probably could probably couldn't have fought a worse first opponent in the UFC. Second of all, his last opponent before he got signed to the UFC had a record of five and seventeen. I think is it this, was. Is he, this the bear Jew all over? This again? is the bear Jew all over again. Came <laughs> out of retirement on short notice to take the fight against Sage Northcutt because Dana White and Matt Serra are going to be there. You know, we're looking for a fighter. We're going all around here. We're going to find a fighter. Man, this kid's a karate kid. He's not going to be able to do anything. Oh, shit, he's able to... Like, I'm absolutely sick of it. The UFC hype machine has started already. Yeah, he's pretty. Yeah, him and Paige Van Zandt will have beautiful children. Yeah, it'll be funny in a couple of years' time when the two of them break up in a high-profile scandal. But, oh, my God, put him in against the 155-er and they will... Like, you think he beats Joseph Duffy? Please stop. Please. What? I'm He's just sick. Oh, Look, I don't care how, how green he is. How, like, if the UFC... You are should willing- care. Well, look, I'm after dropping my phone charger. I don't care that much. The <laughs> UFC are insistent on promoting like this. Anytime Good. they get they someone. They should be. Yeah, fair they enough. Should. But why not do it to their fucking champion, Demetrius Johnson? Nobody ah, knows who it. he is. Nobody cares about him. He's one of the best fighters the UFC have. The most dominant champions the UFC have. But no, Sage Northcutt has a six-pack. He looks like a surfer. And he's six foot whatever it's absolutely ridiculous I'm not buying it I don't care I'll eat my words if he turns out to be a champion in the future but it's just so so annoying fucking there, jealousy I've been with how's jealousy, jealousy that's all it is how's it jealousy you're jealous of him how's it jealousy jealous I have abs I have abs I'm good looking I'm not <laughs> no. as tall as he is fair enough I'm not as flexible as he is I can't kick like him I won the Irish Open what's your fucking point Sean <laughs> oh yeah oh, how long 29 is it? minutes till I mention the Irish Open oh, for fuck's sake. chalking fools out we get back to that though we get back to that oh, yeah Sage I, you're tell miserable. me how wrong you're a miserable bastard like you're a miserable bastard I don't I don't understand like I don't I don't understand jealousy I just don't I'm not a jealous person I'm not a jealous person either but you fucking are prick loads how, of people are how am I being jealous of him Ah, but you are. Just leave him alone, like. He's 5-0. and all. He is a prospect. He's 19 years of age. What do you want him to be like? He, he like... <sighs> would he beat Joseph Duffy? That's a fucking stupid question, like. Why would he even fight Joseph Duffy now? He's 5 Because five, the UFC five, are... I, like, between everybody, everything that's going on about him, they're acting like he's the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, maybe he might be. They, they should promote young talent like that. They should do it. Like, maybe if they had promoted Demetrius Johnson... When he was fucking 19, or when he was five fights in, like, I know they didn't have the division and stuff, that's a different, like, a different thing, but maybe if, if, if the structures were there, and he had been promoted well enough, maybe he would be a star now. Like, <coughs> it, it, look at Paige, they're doing the same with her, good. Ronda Rousey, the second cheek, in huge motion, Conor McGregor, the same, good, they should be promoting these. Like, if he falls in his face, so what? If he loses, so what? What difference does it make? Like, 
He is unbelievably talented. You like you can't take that away from him. Look at the weekend. Okay, talent doesn't get you everywhere. Maybe he, he as I said, he could fall in his face. But like he has been a lifelong martial artist. He's an athlete, an unbelievably good athlete. Whatever you say about him, you can't take that away from him. He has he's young, he's talented. He beat the shit out of that guy who was twelve and one. Took him down. Takedowns look good. Kicks look good. Absolutely punched the shit out of him in, when he got him up against the Finch. Elbodied the head off him when he got him down to the ground. What like why was he hitting that? If that was someone else, if if that was a guy you'd never heard of coming in there, if he wasn't good looking and blonde and had abs, would would people be doing this? No, they wouldn't. They'd be excited. They'd be like, oh fuck it, unbelievable. This guy's gonna be really good. I can't wait to see him. Look like, like Wonderboy when he came in and kicked the head off of someone. Like I was like, oh, this guy's gonna be really good. I'm really excited about him. And I'm the same with Sage Rock. Wrong you are. I wasn't fucking <laughs> wrong. Dead right. Wonderboy's gonna be the best. But um, I I don't know. I I can't understand why people are mad. Like if you can't get excited about him, like he's a 19 year old. He looks uh, like he looks like he could be a fucking world champion. He mightn't be a world champion. Like it's impossible to say. It's even possible to say with someone like fucking Habib or Conor McGregor or like the guys on the verge of becoming it. It's even hard to say with them. And I know it's even harder to say with someone who's 19 years of age. But he could become that. And like, how can you not be excited by a, that possible journey? I don't understand it. I love. I like. Let, I love seeing young lads. Look at, look, at, look at Anthony Marshall. Down my throat. Look at Anthony Marshall. I'm so excited about him. Like you're an Arsenal fan. How excited were you by Cesc Fabregas when he came on at 16, played in the Charity Shield, and fucking Don't ran Man United talk off the to pitch? Me about that man. How excited were you about Don't him? How excited were you about Thierry Henry? That That's fucking cheating bastard. How are you excited? How excited were you about him? How excited? Robin was Van Persie. How, how excited was I about him? Alexis Sanchez the other day? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh jeez, I shouldn't have brought that up. Oh no, <laughs> fuck! I, look, I think fuck they're, you they're and complete, fuck everyone that hates it. Fuck you all. They're complete polar opposites. Football teams are tribalism. You know, you're, you're brought up with a football team. You supported them your whole life. This is a fighter that comes out of nowhere and is shoved down your throat. And fair enough. I, I will Good. completely. Yeah, 100%. He could be a world champion. Yeah, his skills are very impressive. Yeah, he is great striking. He is great wrestling. He is. He looks like he could be pretty fucking good at 155. But please, just maybe it's the, I don't know, the world that we live in. The ah, uh, I don't know. Like this is not going to be like Anthony Joshua. Like they're not going to build him so slow that it's going to be unbelievable. Like they should build him slow. They should give him four or five, like War uh, Lee Trevino or Lee Trevino, whatever the fuck his name was, Trevino fights. They should give him four or five guys like that. Before they build him up to become a contender, like look at Joseph Duffy, they give him they give him big promotion when he came in as well. They're giving him a main event slot. What now? Three fights in. Like, are you mad at that? No, I told well, you. There you go. I'm biased. I'm Irish. Yeah, but there's. I don't think anyone's mad. I don't think non-Irish people are mad at it either because and he deserves. Can we just get back to the point that you think I am not as good looking as he is? You are. More importantly, like, because he probably where's, has had where's plastic yours? surgery. Oh, oh yeah, hold on. This reminds me now. That story you told last week there. Go on, you said you told ah, the truth. <laughs> no, 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 you're all right. Keep, uh, keep on with this show. What we, yeah, Sage is great. You're the man. I'm so sorry. Everything's wrong. Hail Sheehan. Sheehan Nation. DM me there. DM me. I'll tell you all. But um, fuck, fuck you all. Sage is great, man. I love Sage. He's going to be the best in the world. He's going to be. Did you, see Kenny, which, did you see Kenny Florian? I'm wearing a CM Punk t shirt. Uh, it's legend. Best I, I wish world. 
See, Kenny Florian said Sage Arcock could be 10, ten times. 10 times George Saint Pierre. That's, that's where it gets a little bit hazy. Like, uh, I wish people didn't say that. Like, But I'm excited. I love... Like, uh, as you know, I'm not the biggest... Like, I'm not the biggest local MMA guy. I'm what? not the biggest... Yeah. But I like these, these exciting prospects. Like, I like... Like, at Bama there last day, the young lads that were coming up. Like, I was very excited by them. Like, they look good. And it's the same with Sage. I think he's going to be good. You have to get excited by the youth. The young prospects coming up. We can't always be fucking... Oh, I can't wait for Fedor to fight someone useless. I can't wait for fucking Shogun Hua to be fighting. Fair play to Fedor. Just on that, fair... F- like, we'll move on to it now. We'll get on to it. We'll get on Okay. He's... Oh, no, wait, 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 oh, wait. wait. No, before, we do, before we do. The rest of uh, 192, just a couple of things. Um... What about Yair? Did you see that? Yair, Emelianenko, St. Pierre. Both, no. <coughs> you didn't see that. He was kind of, it was kind of shitty. He wasn't, he wasn't that impressive. Didn't look like he finishing Daniel Hooker in any stage. Not great. Just Benavides fight. Ali Bagatine, a bad fight. Not a great fight. Joby won it well. Oh, um, I saw that fight, actually. I yeah. saw the Benavides fight. all right. Like, Did not okay. get me interested in seeing Benavides fight Demetrius Johnson again. No. Like, and Bagatinov blew the fight. Like, they, what, yeah. how he should have fought, he didn't fight. I just thought, like, I, I was sickened that I had to watch it. What did you think of the Juliana Pena? Did you see that? I need? did, actually, and I wrote down yeah. some stuff about it. Let me get my notes up. Jesus. I was what watching it the other night, and I was in awe at uh, Jessica I's ground game. Uh, she Jessica had Ice? No, yeah. Oh. There was, I wrote down I back sequence uh, the end of the first round. She had this ridiculous control that was controlling the back of her head and ended up using it to set up a sequence to get to the head and arm joke. I, like, I have to go back and watch it because I, I, I need to go back and watch it because I want to try it in the gym myself. Like, I thought that fight was so frustrating. She got the point taken off her. Shouldn't yeah. have been a point taken off her. Um, uh, I, I don't know about that. Uh, well, I think it should have been. Like, she, where, What was she kneeing? She knew her head was there. She threw a knee at it. And like... Look, in MMA we get very fucking mad when points aren't taken, and yet we get mad as well when points are taken. Like we've spoken about before, I know. Like the, the system is just wrong. The system isn't good for points getting taken away. But look, it was a foul. It was on purpose. She hit her in the head. I think it was right to take away a point. I enjoyed the fight, but I thought if they fought again, I could see Jessica I winning it. Yeah, I like we spoke about it last week. I think Jessica I. I, like, I picked Pena to win. I thought she won. I thought she deserved to win. But if, like, another minute or two, or, like, uh, if she could have stopped one takedown or if she could have landed a few more punches, I think I had to, could have won that fight. Like, I think her price was, she was, like, 3-1 to one or something to win the fight. But it was, um, yeah, it, it, it was, was a lot. It was a very enjoyable that. fight. It was a good fight, Especially yeah. Especially from a ground jiu-jitsu point of view, some very nice transitions. Uh, inverted triangle attempt from Jessica I as well. Some nice, uh, just a fight that I will watch back and probably will actually learn something from myself. Yeah. Uh, and just last thing on that, Sergio Pettis beat Chris Carriasso. Looked good in the first two rounds again, like he always does. Typical almost Sergio lost Pettis. Yeah. yeah. Blows it in the third. Luckily did enough in the first two. Um, first things first. He needs a new tattoo, man. That picture of his mother, or whatever it is, is the funniest tattoo I've ever seen in my life. He he needs the Anthony Pettis money. That's what he needs, so he can get himself some decent ink. They're after opening their own gym now, did you hear that? I didn't. Yeah, they're not going to be training. Well, Anthony, anyway, isn't going to be training Duke Rufus 
for like he's going to be still trained there but not as his main gym if you know what I mean like he's not training team practice and stuff he's going to have like privates or whatever Duke Rufus's What's so, yeah, the story what, there? Like, is there a reason? Is there a falling out? Is it time to make money for Anthony Pettis? I, I think it could have been could be one of those things where, um, oh, I've got this new gym. I'm going to be training there as well. You should sign up also and give me money. I think it could be one of those things. I think he could still be at Duke Rufus's all the time, but he's just saying this so people sign up for his gym. Uh, Speaking of people that are leaving gyms. Oh! What about your boy, TJ Dillashaw? Announced yesterday to I don't know who, who announced it first. I think it was some Brazilian side. Combatch. Combatch, yeah, that he was leaving um Team Alpha Male and going to train in Denver, but not at Dwayne Ludwig's. Instead he's training at um Muscle a new Farm. gym, Muscle Farm Elevation. He's opening one, is he not? Yeah, but it's gonna be part of that, you know, that elevation gym. Yeah. But if you listen to the fighter and the kid at the weekend is, um, sorry, is that where Rampage did that camp for the Jones fight? The one that he put a million dollars into his camp? No, I don't think so. I think that was a different muscle farm thing. Uh, I might be wrong, though, but I don't think so. I could be wrong. Um, if you listen to the fighter and the kid there the other day, Dwayne Ludwig basically said that, like, that elevation gym, like, that's where he trained. That's where, like, he said, like, his gym that he has opened is basically, like, a, a keep fit gym or, like, learning martial arts gym or whatever like it's it's not a fight gym but that like elevation is affiliated with him like if he's any fighters they're going to be fighting out of elevation or like he might go over and help them out or whatever so like <laughs> the people are kind of saying oh he's not going to do in Ludwig's gym well yeah pretty much kind is of, kind of. so he's it's leaving like saying, Sacramento he's leaving California yeah. fair enough yeah he's not going to do in Ludwig's gym but he's going to another gym very, very close to Dwayne <laughs> Ludwig's in the same state, city, town, postcode, whatever you're having yourself. TJ Dillashaw is the snake in the grass. It just makes Conor McGregor. Snake. He's a snake. Hey, Your snake. He, I tell you what, he'd get into the doll quick enough. He's as slippery as an anaconda and a jam jar. I've never heard that one. <laughs> And it's definitely not a, a limerick saying either because there's no, no fucking from, anacondas in Ireland. It was from Hardy Bucks. Oh, is it? I actually yeah. saw the Hardy Bucks movie for the first time a while ago. I was a big oh. fan. Were you? Yeah, there's a new season starting as well, I believe. Is there? Yeah. Brilliant. I Sweet. saw that the other day. Story. Story High. Skyway. <laughs> uh, oh, anyway. Yeah. TJ Dillashaw. What do you make of it? I think it's hilarious. Like, Look. From the outside looking in, knowing absolutely nothing. Like, listening to all of the stuff against Dwayne Ludwig, it actually seems like TJ Dillashaw is possessed or under a spell. Like, lit- like literally, I don't know, like something like Rasputin's penis or something like that from years ago, how women fell in love with him. Like, this seems to be what has happened TJ Dillashaw with Dwayne Ludwig. Obviously, Amazing. minus a penis. I'm, I'm interested in Sandra McGann's penis there. The what? I've missed you since Andrew McGahan's penis. No, no, no. You, you've heard... You know who Rasputin is, yeah? Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. yeah. But, um... Slinging dicks and listen. fucking hundreds. <laughs> There's, I'm kind of a little bit torn on this, right? Because if you think leaving your gym and going to train somewhere else is the right thing to do, you should do it. You shouldn't be torn by this loyalty bullshit. Look, it's great to be loyal and all. 
but if you want to further your career, if you want to make money, if you want to get better, and you can do that somewhere else, and if your gym is holding you back, then you should leave. Definitely, 100%. I've said that before. We Like, we even spoke about it last week a bit. You should do that. But, this TJ Dillashaw thing is a little bit different. It's not just that. It's not like we spoke about Anthony Bellis there leaving, even though that's kind of a bit different. But, like, look at other people. Uh, who else? Like, John Jones. John Jones was training in New York. Wasn't a big gym. He left to go and further himself fight with uh, at Greg Jackson's gym. And look how good he's got. Brian Stan did the same. Loads of people have done it. G- GSP went and trained there before, like, for us to have you got big and stuff. Loads of people have done it, right? Fair enough. But this is this is a bit different because, like, Dwayne Ludwig was at his gym. He was at Team Alpha Mel. And then, like, he had a big dispute left. Like, oh, Uriah Faber doesn't get on with him. Like, Chad Mendes basically fucked him out of it there a couple of weeks ago. Um, there isn't a, like, there isn't a good rapport between them. And then TJ Dillashaw goes, turns his back on, I don't like saying that, but he kind of has turned his back on Team Alpha Mel and gone and trained well, with the guy they all fell out with. Yeah, like, look at it this way. I can see completely, like, you made a very good point there that it's not just doing uh, a Melvin Gillard and just upping and leaving when things aren't going your way to a new, a new gym. He has a history with, T, with um, Dwayne Ludwig. Dwayne Ludwig, you could argue, is one of the reasons he's become the champion. Do you know what I mean? The, the notif- like, there was noticeable differences in Team Alpha Male. Everyone was singing their praises. But more than anyone, it was noticeable in TJ Dillashaw. And he seems to have really taken under the tutelage of Ludwig. Whereas other people, maybe it just seems like... But then if the favour stuff is true about Ludwig like crying about... Um, Dillashaw crying about, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, I've, I owe him so much money or I've paid so much money and he's doing nothing for me. Seems like It seems like TJ has, from the stories that Favour gave, the accounts that Favour gave, it seems like TJ has always needed a father figure or someone in the gym to kind of be yeah. his head coach, you know, to look after him and stuff like that. And, maybe, and that's the problem. They don't have a head coach yeah, like now. Exactly. That's the problem. And too many Indians, not enough chieftains or whatever the expression is, I don't know. Uh, you could maybe describe Team Alpha Male, but this this whole thing is just going to be. Look at it the other way. Like Teach Dillashaw is their only champion. They're all bottlers in title fights. You know they they throw it away. Faber, Mendez, Benavidez, yeah. Cody, no name, no love, whatever. Sorry, Cody, no love <laughs> is on his way to that as well. Like maybe Gosh. who knows? Like this is um this is really interesting, and it sets up the fight that people want to see. Uriah Faber, TJ Dillashaw on a card with Conor McGregor sometime in 2016. Sign me up. Did you see um did you see what TJ put on his Instagram there yesterday? No. I it saw was, what Faber put up. Or Faber, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Um if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, you need a team. Yeah. I like, was like oh, shots fired, like that shots fired. Uriah um, Faber channeling his 16-year-old inner girl self. Posting on Instagram to get back at the girl, at the boy that broke his heart. Like you go, Uriah. I think if I'm TJ Dillashaw, I probably do the same thing. Like Dwayne oh, yeah. Ludwig. Like I, I've never been the biggest. Like Dwayne Ludwig got. I think he got a little more credit for the team Alpha Male success than he deserved. To be honest, I think TJ definitely was his best guy. Like TJ took on to what he was saying. Definitely brilliant he was. Um. 
But I think Uriah Faber never really did it. He never really improved that much. And I think that's because he passed his prime. He was on the way down. I think Joseph Benavides did a bit. And then he kind of went down again. We see even now, like, I think Joseph Benavides is probably a little bit past his prime. He was just kind of in his prime when Ludwig started there. Or just, like, getting to the, the very kind of top of his prime, just putting everything together. I think it was the same with Mendes. Like, Mendes is striking against McGregor. Like, it was an obviously, we said it before, wasn't great. Like, he's great power in his hands and stuff. He, he always had that, really. But, like, has Ludwig made big differences to him? Has he striking improved that much? I don't think so. I think, like, I listened to the fire on the kid as well. And they made Brendan Shaw made a good point that like you need to be on a similar kind of wavelength to Dwayne Ludwig to work well with him because he's a bit insane. Like if you've heard him on that, I heard him on Rogan's podcast or like in interviews and stuff. He's a bit of a looper, like he's a bit mad. Oh yeah. Like and I think TJ Dillashaw is a bit mad as well because but, uh, yeah, I think people train with him like they're always saying, "Oh, he's so aggressive and stuff." Like he goes over the top. Stoned. Yeah, and I, I think uh, Ludwig's a bit of the same, bit mad like so. Well, like like Uriah Faber seems to be and the stories that I've heard he's like the cleanest man in the world do you know like as is Chad Mendes do you know the way that uh, Mendes hunts all his food and stuff like that yeah. they're all organic and stuff like this and then you had this striking coach with different opinions different thoughts a different philosophy who was coming into the gym stoned every single day um, and now addict. what? addict whatever and, um, <laughs> and maybe TJ Dillashaw vibes off that maybe he's a free spirit as well maybe he has a connection with Ludwig or something like anything like that. If the one thing, the one person that rightfully should be annoyed out of all of this is Uriah Faber. He give Dillashaw his whole break. Do you know what I mean? He pretty much put him on the path, give him everything, set him up, looked after him, and now they're going to fight. And to be yeah. honest, TJ Dillashaw is probably going to win. Yeah, he will win, definitely. I think Uriah should probably stay uh, away from that fight. Stay ready so he doesn't have to get ready when Dominic Cruz pulls out. DJ, like, Uriah will be in there if he, if he has to pull out, like, he should. But, look, this whole snake in the grass thing. It's funny because of... obviously Connor and Connor and Faber obviously got along on tough. Yeah, like, let's cut this shit now. They've obviously had a couple of conversations. Connor tried to give him his advice on getting his big money fight. Stuff like that. Favor obviously told him some stuff about TJ as well, and that's what kind of prompted McGregor to go off on it. And maybe he wasn't expecting Connor to reveal some of that stuff publicly. And Connor, he just called it. He predicted it. Mr. Mac. I predict these things, but he did. Look, TJ's stuck between a rock and a hard place here, right? I think he was right to leave. He's right to further his career. He's right to stay with the guy. Who has brought him on an awful lot? I think he needed Dwayne Ludwig. If he was just training with Team Alpha Male with Justin Buckholz or wherever he is training him, he wouldn't have been as good. He wouldn't kick on as much as he needed. But I think it's also a bit shitty, like to turn his back on him. So, like, you can call him a snake in the grass if you want, and you can say he was right to leave at the same time without kind of without it being too wrong. Like, I think it, it was a tough position. Like, whenever guys like that, especially in a big gym, and they're moving to somewhere else do that I think it's always tough especially with the amount Uriah Faber has done for him like like if you hear anyone talking about Uriah Faber nobody really has ever bad things to say about him like it's always it's always good things to say about Uriah like he's helped out so many guys give him places to live and train like for free and everything so yeah um 
Well, hopefully it works out for Dillashaw. Hopefully it all ends well. And like if it ends in a big money fight between the two of them, all's well and good. But hasn't Team Alpha Mel t- taken some fall from glory as well? Like, oh, yeah. Like, TJ was champion. Uriah was like on the verge of a championship. Benavidez was nailed on, going to be the next champion before Mighty Mouse won it. Mendez almost won championship three title fights. And now they have nobody. There's literally, they have no... Like, TJ's gone. Benavidez looked crap the last day. And he, it seems like he doesn't even want to fight Demetrius Jansen. Mendez is... Like, even if he breathes Frankie... Is he going to get that next shot? Maybe. But, like, who wants to see him fight Aldo again? If, if it's McGregor, McGregor's going to move up. Um, like, is there no one? Pedro Van Zandt is not going to win the World Championship. Cody Garbrandt is very green. They, they have nothing at the moment. Like, it, it could Like, obviously, the future is fairly bright from them. They have a lot of good prospects and stuff. But at the moment, they have taken a serious fall from grass from where they were a couple of years ago. Everyone was talking about them. And I suppose everyone still is talking about them now, but not for the reasons that. Uh, that they were with such vigour and splendour a couple of years ago when everyone was talking about team of the year, coach of the year, fighters of the year. Uh, Sean, finally, before we get on to questions, what are you at this and my boy? Well, we, uh, we have one more thing. Oh. Wait, you promised. You promised, so we can't go back in it. Before CM Punk. Fedor. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. Who cares? Honestly. Fair play to him. The man is... But he's right. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. yeah. Like this doesn't even need to be discussed or debated. The man fought the absolute best heavyweights in the world when they were at all at their peak. Now he's looking to make a bit of cash, a bit of claw wedge, as they say in uh, Hardy Bucks. In Hardy Bucks, I was uh, Castletown. Fuck, that's what I meant to say. In Castletown, and um, you blueies, <laughs> blue ghoulies. Um, so that's like fair play to him. He's fighting a nobody. Give him Bob Zap afterwards. Let him retire. Let him make his millions. Fair play, Fedor. You've played the game very well. It's like it's the Brock. Le- he's the Brock Lesnar of the WWE. Highest paid, least days, biggest star. Take it. Take it while you can get it. Like the second Fedor announced that he was coming back to fight in Japan and not the UFC. We should have really be expecting this. Like there was there was rumors, and I can't really say who because there was rumors of someone else who would have been a who would have been a a bigger name, we'll say, but a squash match as well. There was people talking about those people talking about those people are talking about um what's your man's name? Um, oh for fuck's sake, he's fighting the other lad's name who I can't think of. Your man throws a flying arm bars. What's his name? Aoki, he's fighting him. Aoki's fighting Sakuraba. Sakuraba, I don't know. What? It's not Sakuraba. Sakuraba. That's what I said. Yeah, I thought you said Sakuraba. No. Okay, there was rumours of him fighting, Fedor fighting Sakuraba. I'm bad at my Japanese. But, um, yeah, that would have been a bit of a farce. I don't actually think there was. I'm going to have to call you on that. I think the the rumour was that Sakuraba would also be fighting on the same card and coming out of retirement also. Oh, but there would be... Oh, maybe. Okay, my problem. Because Sakuraba's fighting Aoki at 155. Yeah. But... I thought it here. But it was like... There was insane matches. Like, there was just fucking stupid matches being bandied around. But... Look. He's coming back for the money. We know that. He's coming back for the payday. Japanese crowd won't give a shit. The guy he's fighting is a, a kickboxer who won an MMA fight, and the guy he fought is uh, 0-2. Um, so, like... Gonna be funny Jedi when this guy scene. makes a name for himself by beating Fedor. Because, like, he's a fairly good kickboxing record. I was looking at it there. He's beaten uh, Sergei Haratanov, Prince Ali. That guy's good. I, I, like, I'm not the biggest uh, footboxing fan or anything. 
But he's he's fought. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I'd love to see Sergey Karatanov fight Fedor. Yeah. Have they fought before? I think. Oh God, um, Are they teammates or something? Or? I think they were both in the. They were both in like Karatanov was in that Strike Force Heavyweight Grand Prix. He fought Alexander Minnenko. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Fedor, look. It's it's a pity, like because we I like you know wanted to see him stay retired or fight in the UFC, but he come he he obviously is in the need of money. He's coming back for the money. He's fighting this nobody. He's probably gonna fight a couple more with nobodies. Hopefully he get loads of money. Hopefully these fucking hangers on won't rob him of all his money this time or even if they hadn't before, you know. So fair play to Fedor, earn all his money, um, and uh, keep being the best in the world. Best in the world. I'm about to just a shout out here, David Fogarty, our photographer. I'm about to absolutely do him on Facebook here, Sean. Go on. Uh, he was tagged in a picture at a wedding, and he has a really awkward face on him. So I'm going to comment under it. Twenty minutes into wedding and chill, and he gives you this look, and you don't care. You're actually deliberately gone quiet because you hate well, the and chill joke. Yeah, I hate. I fuck that and and chill is. I hate it. I hate it so much. Jesus. That reminds me, actually. Did you see, um... I don't know how... I, I see that picture. Oh, he's a young girl with him. Uh, yeah. Um... I don't see your comment. No, it's on his wall. If you go onto his wall... It yeah, is, I see it. Well, like, literally, like, refresh in about, like, 30 seconds. Like, not even 30. Refresh right now. Okay, hold on. Da, da, da... Anyway, while Sean is looking yeah, at this up, before we get on to That's our it. last couple of topics, if you want to keep all things Severe MMA, I have a new request. Please head on over to YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Severe Art. That is our YouTube channel. We have thousands of subscribers on it. We want thousands more. The website is growing and expanding every single day. We're going to have unbelievable UFC Dublin coverage coming up in just a couple of weeks. Severe MMA will be at all three events in Las Vegas. The tough finale... The fight pass fight, the call the whatever one. UFC one ninety four and two other and UFC well UFC one ninety four and it's two little brothers and sisters that nobody yeah. really cares about. But oh, the other one is good. Habib is fighting on the other one. Yeah, Habib's fighting on the other one. And Frank Edgar, Frank Edgar and Mendez. To be honest, Van Zant and Calderwood will be a good fight. I will yeah. I will look forward to seeing that. Couple of good fights throughout the week. Uh, we will be there the whole way through. We've also new equipment to make everything look a little bit nicer, a little bit shinier, a little bit smarter. All on the way at the minute, and um, people are finally going to be delighted to hear that the microphone situation has been resolved for severe animation. Nice. Once in- some breaking news, Jonas. Oh. Max Holloway is going to be one of the guest fighters at UFC Dublin. Ah, oh, that's good. Yeah, your boy Max Holloway. I uh, I'm looking forward. Give to Give me a big hug. I don't think he'll give me a hug, but I'd like to get another interview with him. Yeah, be all right, wouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah, so give us retweets as well. We got a lot of retweets there last week, so we'll say that again. If you're listening to podcasts, we're doing this free. We're giving you our time, our consideration, our love. This podcast actually took a lot longer. (coughs) I had to run to to Dunn's to collect me, ma'am. We seamlessly... You didn't even true. know when I was gone. They didn't couldn't even, even tell, Sean. No, they couldn't even tell. So give us an RT. Go to at Sean Sheehan Ba or at Severe Mepod. You'll see it there. I'll have it pinned to my thing. Just give it an all RT. RT, so. by Anyway, R-T. Sean, CM Punk. You don't think but he's going to fight? I don't know. Like, 
Graham has meant to end the whole lot. He's gone back and forth there with your boy Jeremy Bonner about it. Bonner reckons he'll fight. And he said he's going to fight at UFC 200 all the time. So that could still happen. But Graham reckons he's not. it's not going to happen. I was unsure. But this this is the first time I've thought that it's not going to happen. Like I always thought CM Punk would fight. But this is the first time I thought it's not going to happen. Like Injuries do happen and stuff. We know that. But like, I don't know. There's just something about it, isn't there? Do you, do you, do you have the same feeling? I don't know what. It's no, just... I think he's going to oh. fight. Yeah. I like. I never believe like because the UFC, CM Punk, everybody involved with it would get so much shit if he doesn't fight. Like if this was a whole thing, a ploy to get him like to get interest into the company, it hasn't worked. Or if it has worked, then we <laughs> haven't seen it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like CM Punk's fans have come over from WWE to the UFC. And then all decided to give, give Conor McGregor and Chad Mendes ridiculous pay-per-view buy rates. Do you know what I mean? It's not they a, had big it, pay-per-view buy rates, though. What? They had big pay-per-view yeah, buy no, rates. Yeah, they had big pay-per-view buy rates. But I don't think it's pro wrestling fans that yeah, heard it, CM Punk is moving to MMA, then fell in love with it. And were like, need to buy this card, need to buy that card. No way. I, I think he still is going to fight. I do believe that the UFC signed him prematurely, more than likely because another someone else would have picked him up and got him to fight maybe sooner. The fact that he's in the most premier mixed martial arts organization in the world means that his first fight is going to be the fight that everyone wants to see. The UFC had to take a chance for it and go and sign him. Maybe on a look, however long it's going to take, it doesn't matter. Just get yourself ready to be able to compete. Like, that is a very daunting thing. I'm thinking about it now myself. This guy has to go from limited jiu-jitsu experience to being able to fight in the UFC. And that's, like, to be honest, that's the scariest thing about it. And it's only really hitting me now that I'm thinking of it. Like, this guy has to fight soon. Um, Duke you Rufus... Love him. You love him, but you hate Sage Narcot. What? You love him, but you hate Sage Narcot. Yeah, that's because I'm a that's real sick. person. I'm not a sheep. I won't buy... I won't I won't be force-fed what, what the UFC yeah, are giving it's me. It's actually like the sheep... The sheeps are going the other way. The sheeps are hating him. Like, so many people are hating him, it's fucking... Yeah, why, though, like? Why? Because oh, the fucking... No, let's not start this. CM Punk okay, is yeah, the best okay, man fine. in the world. Let's just get that over and done. I like CM Punk. I was always a fan of his wrestling and stuff. I hope he fights. I hope he fights, but I'm sceptical. I'm very sceptical. Like, he said he was going to have a fight announced. But he's injured. Like, halfway through this year. He's injured now. He's and injured maybe his progression yeah. wasn't as quick as he thought it would be. Maybe, yeah. Duke fair Rufus enough. says he's at about 50% ready to compete to fight in the UFC. Yeah. I don't know. I'm skeptical. Skeptical. I'm a skeptic. Skeptical. Okay. That's enough. CM Punk. Anything else in CM Punk? He's just the best in the world. Great man. Best Great of man. the world! Sorry. Questions. Question. Questions. Do you want to sing us a jingle there for questions? Question time with Sean and Andrew. <laughs> you need to take that out and insert it every week. Every week. Just, just that thing. Okay, first question from friend of the podcast, Aaron Morn, who I believe is just... Over back. in Scotland? No, he's in Limerick, I think. No, he's out of the yeah. country. He's is doing he? uh, journalism, sports yeah, journalism. Yeah, I was just about to say, but he does not in Limerick, doesn't he? No, I think he's out of the country. I think he's in Scotland because he's missing UFC Dublin. Maybe you could be right. I thought he was in Limerick. You could be right. Yeah, but he's doing journalism in college anyway. So yeah, no. Shout I out that. to him. Future, future, stealing our jobs. Um, with UFC Dublin coming closer, how different are you expecting the crowd to be from last year? 
I saw that question and I was actually hoping that you would ask that one on the podcast, Sean. Um, I think it will be the same, minus the rapturous Conor McGregor victory roar. And I just think it'll be replaced with someone like in Joseph Duffy's place. Do you know, I'd like... I was I was thinking about this like intently last night. I was like, were the fans happy that an Irish fighter won in the main event, i.e. Conor McGregor beating Diego Brando? Or did people lose their shit at seeing Conor McGregor? That's like like winning. Was it like Aah! Or was it a Yeah an Irish fellow won? I think it's a bit of both. We're gonna find like, out. I remember Coming into the UFC Dublin last last year, um, last year, yeah, I was sitting in Lewis and Carl Pinter and Chris Fields were there, and I was talking to the two of them, and like Chris Fields was saying about they were on the Lewis. Yeah, they were on the Lewis. Yeah. So Carl got the Lewis to his fight. Oh no! I was no, it was to the Wayans actually. It was to the Wayans. Yeah, he got the Lewis to the Wayans. Huh, unreal. Yeah. Uh, do you think I'm lying? Do you think I'm telling lies? No, no, Carl, no. Carl, Carl, tweet him. Tell him it's it's true though. Yeah, we know you. But listen. um. You and Parr. You know you listen, of course, all the time. Parr's a great man. Also, congratulations to Chris Fields. He's a daddy. Oh, yeah. Now the that, coolest yeah. father in Irish yeah. MMA as well as the coolest man in Irish MMA. Congratulations. Stop being such a shill, for God's sake. I'm not. Like, I gladly admit it. Yeah. But anyway, Chris Fields is saying, like, there's MMA fans in Ireland, like, there's Irish MMA fans, and then there's Conor McGregor fans. And, like, the Conor McGregor fans, I think, have, like, taken over. Um, I think you'll see a lot of Conor McGregor fans at it. But I think you'll see a lot Shocked of... Shocked that Connor's not fighting. <laughs> yeah, but I think you'll see a lot of, like, the MMA fans. Um, and as well, like, say, Bam Adelassi was, like, mostly Irish MMA fans with a few sprinkled MMA fans in. But I think you'll have a lot of those MMA fans as well. And they'll be... They'll be happy to see Joseph Duffy win. I don't think the atmosphere will be, like, what it was last year. Like, Joseph Duffy's not Conor McGregor, with all due respect. Um, I don't think the atmosphere will be as good, but I think it, it'll still be good. I also, um, like you had Paddy Hoolan last year starting off the card like in flying form and then it kind of kept going and going, like build it to crescendo. And I don't think the card is really built that way this year. I think it's kind of differently. And I think the Irish lads all have tougher matchups as well than they had last year. So, like if there's one loss, it could uh, it could put the card down Lacking for a while. On the crowd, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it will be as good, but I'm expecting to be very good. Bama was the equivalent of like four and a half thousand John Balfs. You know, cardigan, glasses, beard, <laughs> hipster. Hipsters. Yeah. <laughs> and now John Balfe like, wasn't even there, I'd say, was he? Yeah. No, he was away that day. But I just, I had to use him as a, as that example because uh, I wanted to say cardigan wearing MMA fans. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what was at Bama. Like, well, no, it wasn't, it wasn't even. No, it was just f- family and friends of the fighters mainly, like, and just people yeah, wanted to go for a fight. I reckon, I reckon it was good. Thousand or fifteen hundred just fans there, MMA fans. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, but I just wanted to get that John Ball for referencing. So yeah, fair enough. I agree with that. Um, Gavin Springit asks a friend of the podcast whose name I've now seamlessly been able to say. Also, Gavin, um, start jujitsu. I saw him going back and forth with Harry Williams on Twitter, saying that he thinks he's too old to start jujitsu. You're never too old to start jujitsu. Never, ever, 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 ever. Get down ASAP. If you're interested in it, start it. It'll change your life. What's his question? He asked about the scoring system. We talked about it a small bit earlier on, but where do you stand on the whole 
round dominance versus a knockdown versus heavy shots late. What do you think? Well, no matter what I say, I'll probably get called out by a disgruntled UFC judge. So, mm. or any judge in particular, because I know like like it's it's a thankless job. It's a hard job. Barry Oglesby put up a nice thing on Facebook about it a while ago about judges getting shit from from people. Um, and I just think that at the end of the day, unless you've done all the courses and stuff like that, and I haven't, I have no clue. I just judge it by from watching the fights. I do think control dominance should beat the knockdown. And to be honest, that's why I think uh, Gustafsson... I thought he was winning that for like I'm gonna have to go back now and watch that third round again because it's annoying me that much. But I thought he was winning the round and got the knockdown. Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I don't. I thought Cormier was in that now, but it's tough, like because it, people's opinions can differ on what constitutes winning. Like, like pressure is a big thing, and like sometimes people don't count enough, and sometimes people count it too much. Like that Rashad Evans better fight. If you counted pressure too much in that, you could have given it to Rashad Evans, even though, like, Bader was kind of on the back foot and he was out loud. Like, I'm not saying Rashad Evans win won, but I'm saying, like, some judges could have seen it that way if they wanted to look at octagon control and pressure. But Bader was clearly winning off the back foot, landing the heavier shots, landing the better shots, making Rashad miss. But, like, there's fights like that, that the guy going forward scores a few shots, he makes the guy miss a bit, but the guy going off the back foot lands more and still loses the fight or still loses the round, if you know what I mean. Like, it, it's weird. It's, it's very hard to score. It's very hard to score, especially in fights like that, like the Bader and, and Rashad fight. Now, that's not a good example because Bader kind of clearly won that, but if it was a little bit closer, like they usually favour the guy who's putting the pressure on. And that's fair enough because the octagon control is a thing. Well, like, it's very subjective. It's very, very subjective. Like, with this thing as well, with the third round, or with other, like the, the fourth round in the John Jones-Gustafson fight, it's very subjective. Like, who do you, what do you like? Do you like the the guy who's winner? Do you like the guy who landed the big shot and almost finished the fight? I don't know. How do you score it? Like, I don't think there's any set rule, and it, it's difficult. That's why maybe you need a, a cumulative um, scoring system or something like that. Uh, it's tough, but... I suppose that's another discussion for another day. A bit um, more breaking news for you, Sean. Go on. Team Torres, bias alert, uh, or just officially crowned the Irish Open team champions. Congratulations. So the way I, that it's done is there's yeah. nine points for a gold medal. Yeah, I think it's nine for gold, three for silver, and one for a bronze. So Team Torres got... Nine gold, four silver, three bronze, ninety-six points. Second Sweet. place was SBG with eighty-seven, and then East Coast Jiu-Jitsu Academy in third. So there we nice. go. We've been looking for that for a while. Sweet. Okay, we we'll talk about your Irish Open in one second. We've got like two or three more questions. Well, let's let's finish them first. Uh, at Steve underscore expat, which light heavyweight fight are you most interested in watching next? Jones versus DC, DC versus Gustafson 2, or DC versus Bader? Obviously DC versus Bader. <laughs> That's yeah. the, f- the money was, fight. There's a couple of people calling for the rematch, and I think Megan Olivier did as well. She was asking Dana White about it, and he kind of 
He didn't say no, but he kind of didn't say yes either. I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch, but Gustafsson coming off two losses didn't get another title shot. That'd be know. hilarious, but to be honest, <laughs> Jesus. not beyond the realm of possibility for the UFC to head back to Sweden in January. <laughs> Alexander Gustafsson versus Daniel Cormier too. Oh, I don't know. That would be so good. I bet you they give him Rashad Evans in, in Sweden. I'd like to see Rashad against Gustafsson. I have to say that would be a good fight. Um, it'd be like watching him fight Cormier's younger brother and uh, but ultimately I'm hands down all in John Jones versus Daniel Cormier too it's the fight that I want to see but in the interim I have no no problem with Daniel Cormier taking another fight while John Jones gets ready gets back gets all of this stuff in line let him fight better. better let him fight better go for oh. it Okay, fair enough. Um, something we actually didn't get onto earlier, but we can talk about it now. Um, Alan asked AJK underscore Dublin, friend of the podcast, so asks, So what happened with all this shit over no IVs? Everyone looked grand, but Johnny Hendricks missed weight. Fucked up. What do you think about this the whole Johnny Hendricks thing? Missed weight. Well, I'm he actually miss very weight, but... glad that you brought this up. Okay. I'm going to throw out my understanding of it. You actually read things, so you will know what the proper story is. Well, and you tell me how far off I am. Okay. This is another classic example of the UFC and Dana White burying a fighter. Absolutely taking Johnny Hendricks, bending him over, throwing him under the bus, reversing the bus back over him, and then driving over him again before speeding off. Johnny Hendricks was hospitalized with kidney stones. And had to take flu- like had to take fluids. Wasn't going to be able to compete. Wasn't going to be able to make weight. Wasn't going to be able to cut the rest of the weight. Apparently was lower than he's ever been before at that stage in his weight cut as well. And he got sick. Fair enough. Don't put it up. The way Dana tweeted it. Weight cut issues. Johnny Hendricks is out of the fight. Do you know what I mean? Like talk about killing a guy. Killing his reputation. Like. Then all I saw on Facebook was, Johnny Hendricks is a disgrace. Blah, 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 blah. Mike Dolce is a hero. Like, diuretics are the best things in the world. Like, (laughs) Jesus Christ. First of all, Dolce is a con man, right? Let's just get that out there right now. Mike Dolce. Allegedly. No, no. I, like, I'll take this. He's an absolute con man. He's not a qualified nutritionist. He has absolutely no qualifications. Not a dietitian. Not a nutritionist. He get, the reason it's so expensive is because the, all of the diuretics that he has people taking are probably so expensive to buy. Allegedly. What? There's, like, Allegedly. It's, it's out there, Sean. There's, like, I was told this, like, I will Google it now. In but one of his, they're not illegal diuretics. They're oh, illegal. yeah, no, but I can still call them diuretics. Yeah. But I, we I just, don't have just, to specify whether they're ooh. illegal or illegal. Okay, fair enough. But Dolce, like, I'll Google it. Dolce, D I. U or E T I C is a known bullshitter like everyone knows. ML. I was told some of the stuff that he um wants them to take is like fifteen hundred milliliters of diuretics. Like it's absolutely ridiculous the stuff that he has people doing like. And only yeah. now you see so many people that are like coming out against them. Yeah, Dolce is a bullshit, but this Hendrix thing. So yeah, sorry. That Look, was my. That was my. Fair enough. Johnny yeah. Hendricks should be made like Johnny Hendricks on the, on the same side. A bit of an embarrassment for a pro athlete as well to get himself out, such out of shape the way he does, the massive belly, all of that sort of stuff. 
and then to try to get down to 170 at a weight that he should be comfortably making for his size, yeah. to be That's fair. That's the weird thing about Johnny Hendricks. Like, he's not a big guy. Like, he's not even big at 170. Look at the size of, say, like, Wonderboy or Brandon Thatch or, like, even Robbie Lawler's big. Like, all those guys dwarf him. Like, he's, he's not that big a guy. Like, and he's not that, like, he's not that hefty, if you know what I mean. Like, he's not a Daniel Cormier kind of well-built guy either, like. He just, I think he just lets himself go on. Like if you're, if you want to be world championship level, like if if you're striving to be like him, I don't know. Is he taking it seriously enough? Like, uh, like uh, that's a shitty thing for like me or you or anyone to say. But like, you're gonna have to say it at some stage. He's in trouble before. With even with Dolce in his corner, he struggled. Uh, he struggled to make weight before he had to come back an hour later to make it for one of his fights and stuff. But like yeah, and Nick he's gonna Diaz. get creamed as well. He's gonna get creamed at one eighty five if he goes there. Gonna get killed. One hundred and seventy pounds. One hundred and seventy, Johnny. <laughs> Too heavy, Johnny. Like <laughs> that was the best thing ever. He's um. <sighs> it's just Dolce is like he he infuriates me. There's actually another question about Dolce in a minute. Good, get on to okay. it. We'll, we'll get into that in a second. I'm going to ask you another thing. It might infuriate you as well. I'm not sure. Um, Steve asked, at Stevie Mac 28 asks, do you think the IMA, IMMAF Federation Irish trials this weekend, uh, do you think they'll get the numbers when the cost is 200 euro and 50 euro entry? You uh, probably know more about this now than me. Or it sounds like you know nothing. What do you mean it sounds like I know nothing? <laughs> do you know about it? Yeah. What's the crack? Go on, tell us. What are they doing? What is this like the amateur this thing is again? Like, like the in- amateur worlds, but there's trials, oh, yeah. but there seems to be a lot of hoops for people to jump through. Now, yeah. personally speaking, I'm in favour of this two hundred euro thing. Um yeah. because it's gonna ensure that these fighters have clean blood bloods and everything. I'm trying to get the have you got have you got the post there with all of the details on it? No. No, well there was one about it up a while ago and I just I want to pull it up here just so I know what I'm saying is um, is correct. But a lot of people were giving off saying, I can barely get Matt fees off my guys. How am I going to get this off them? How am I going to get that off them? That's fine. If that is the if that is the case, you can't get that money off your guys and it's too much... Um, it's too much effort for your guys to do that and they don't have enough money. That's fine. Then they shouldn't be going for a tournament like this anyway. Do you know what yeah. I mean? The people that are going to represent Ireland, looking to be European or world champions, are the ones that think that they're going to make it the full way and will probably sacrifice a lot of things to be able to get the money to get it. If you're just a part-timer, you're in a club, you do a bit of MMA, oh yeah, I want to do that. It's like, fair enough, you're not going to have the money to do it. But don't give off, like, uh, don't give off over safety. This is over complete safety. Blood testing needs to come in like safe MMA needs to be all across the board I think in Irish MMA you do not want to fight someone even if it may never happen I do not want to take the chance that the guy that I'm going to fight has a bloodborne disease or a blood infection and doesn't tell anyone about it and I know we'll there see. has been guys that have tried to submit dodgy bloods in Ireland in the past and were called up on it this is the sort of stuff that needs to be um, completely locked down from amateur level up I don't care maybe your MMA gym isn't good enough do you know maybe you're finding it hard to get people in there because you know maybe you haven't got great results with fighters and stuff like that. Who cares? At the end of the day, this is safety. Safety is absolute paramount 
I think at amateur and professional level we're starting to see it now you know yourself we're seeing the first generation of MMA fighters that are slurring their words and are punch drunk do you know that sort of stuff now this is where we need to put our foot down and protect the future more than anything the one thing I will say is that not everybody can enter so it's for IAPA the Irish Association Irish something pancreation do you know what it stands for the IAPA Irish Uh Amateur Pancreation Pancreation Association Association. Um, register gotta follow up them on Twitter sound so there is a way to register for them your club needs to be vetted needs to be like loads of things need to be and I think there's going to be people that will rock up on the day not knowing that just thinking they can uh, they can register yeah okay that, what uh, was even question. the question did I answer the question I don't even question? know it's grand it's gone now yeah you were saying about the 200 euro yeah, you answered it you answered it um, James Murray at Murja it's also 50 euro for uh, competitors Oh, yeah. to yeah. register so that is like I can see where people are coming from but yeah pay the money you fucking mangy bastards uh, if Bader miss, misses out on a title Jesus shot with John Christ. Jones <laughs> is mangy a word that, or do, do you know what that means like what other people is that a limerick okay. too sorry Sean I have the mangy it. bastard I have it I have it I have it fuck's sake all competitors must be from a club that is affiliated with the IAPA all competitors must have medical clearance and cleared blood tests to get medical clearance, print out the form below. Take this form to your GP, get it filled out. The doctor must also take a blood sample to test for infectious diseases. The GP should not charge you more than a typical consult- sun- ugh, consultation fee and bloods. Have your doctor send the results ASAP to Safe MMA by email. Fill in, return the form below. Um, but this is what people have the issue with. That they're paying Safe MMA to keep the records that they're paying a body to keep a hold of the records when really you could just get the bloods done and send it to um send it to uh, to save MMA from your GP. The way yeah. I look at it is knowing how MMA people operate, knowing what MMA people are like, I would rather all of these results be kept in an independent database, someone else that has no inf- in like interest in it or special <sighs> special hand in it. To have access to these results yeah so there you go i agree dead right okay you finished yeah okay one word better if he doesn't fight jones or dc next who should he fight ovens oh did he fight osp already yeah yeah uh anthony johnson Oh Jesus! You fucking why'd you hit right better? <laughs> yeah, for the laugh. Did you find him? I didn't. Uh, uh, Clover Teixeira, he's looking for that rematch. Clover beat him already. I think that's a fairly good one. I think Clover probably fight him. I'd watch that. Okay, last question. Back on the Dolce thing again. Uh, Gavin Sherlock asks, and we we've questions there as well from Amy McLean. Uh, Daniel Bradley, Key Regan, all good questions. We've kind of answered them already in the podcast. Gavin Charlock asks, "Do you want to see BJ Penn re- uh, return?" Yeah, I think. Do you really? Yeah. What? Are you uh, what? I do. A hundred percent. Oh my god. Do you know why? Because Mike Dolce ruined his last fight. That's oh, yeah. why BJ Penn was one hundred and forty-nine <laughs> pounds getting into that cage after weighing at one hundred and forty-five the day before. Really? Mike Dolce screwed him over. Yeah, that was all the whole thing about it. BJ couldn't get the weight back on pretty much because of the diuretics that he was giving him to cut weight. 
Allegedly. Penn accused Dolce of giving him four types of diuretics to suck the water and make weight and says Dolce didn't have the knowledge or the expertise to put the water back in with an IV. BJ Penn's words. Dolce had me take four different types of diuretics. You're reading this one. Yeah. He did not want me to sweat at a single pound. He had me on four different diuretic pills, had me take them four times per day, and I did that for a week. He took... Expel, Dandelion Root, UVA, URSI, and one more. I forgot the name. It was the first time a nutritionist ever offered me diuretics to make weight in my whole career. The day before the weigh-ins, I was at 147 pounds. On the day, I addressed some concerns to Dolce about how I could not carry my bags, walk up any large amount of steps. His heart rate would shoot up and I would feel like fainting, but I didn't approach the, uh, But his approach didn't change. He didn't have me sit in a jacuzzi to sweat it like you usually see him do. All he did was give me pills to suck all the weight out of me, but he didn't have the knowledge or expertise to put the water back in without an IV. Previously, a welterweight and lightweight, Penn walked into the cage at just 148 pounds. Look at how Rhonda cuts weight. She was 10 pounds over the day before the weigh-in. I was only a pound over. He says Rhonda didn't use an IV either, but we cut weight in completely different ways. He does help a lot of fighters. I'm not sitting here saying he's totally useless, but he has no degree, no formal training, and there are a lot of holes in his game. There you hashtag, go. Hashtag Dolce out. Mike Dolce, get Nick Lentz, get him to fight BJ Penn. Let's go. Please no. Please no. I don't want to see BJ back. He looked so terrible the last time. But now you know why he looks so terrible. Ah, come on. Mike Dolce didn't make him fucking fight with a Mike Dolce. steel rod up his arse. Put him to the point of dehydration for the full week, and then he he gained three pounds from the weigh-in. Yeah, but you know BJ. BJ always say shit like that. Don't mind BJ. BJ is the goat. He's just a great man, in fairness. Okay, that's it. Go on, tell us all about your Nogi the, Irish uh, Open. This, the champion. This edition Come on. of the Severe MMA podcast was brought to you from the Mike Dolce fan club. Uh, <laughs> anyone that wants to sign up, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. Uh, Sean, you know I'm a very humble man. Um, I just want to apologise there was two people that told me that they really liked the podcast on Saturday and it was in between my matches and I was I ignored them pretty much uh, I said thanks but I just I should have stayed and spoke to them for longer but I was getting ready for my next matches so I'm very sorry about that I didn't mean to come across like that you're one ignorant bastard that's I what am you are. one ignorant bastard but look all I'm going to say is uh, an ignorant cunt cunt uh, thank you very much for all the messages of support uh, all the favourites, the tweets, the likes, people uh, watching my matches and stuff like that. Um, I closed out the division with my teammate John Fleming from Team Torres. Um, oh, no, you didn't have one of them, did you? Yeah, I did. That's ah, the way you do it, Sean. How come he let you win? Uh, we flipped a coin. All right. So John actually is a big fan of the podcast, so he's going to be listening. Um, we both had hard fights to get that far. Both submitted our opponents. Uh, I submitted two and then one on points. So I just wanted to say thanks very much. Everybody that I've trained with, everyone that we've been uh, that has been there, that was watching, that was there supporting on the day, uh, I appreciate it a lot, and um, it was an absolutely unbelievable feeling. So who would have won if you'd have fought? Um, I'm not going to answer that question. John can John can send you a tweet and find that, that out. Was, that was John, you saw. It's John, you saw it, John knows what happened the last time we trained together. might be a different Nogi might be a different issue. I don't know. Breaking news: Andrew McGann signs for uh, SBG Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> no, 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 never, never, never. Team uh, forever, Sean. Well done anyway, you're now the second hardest bastard on the podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, but I'm still the best looking. And if you How dare did, you? Oh, oh, oh step up. Step up. I got my we got you got did you get your credentials as well for the UFC this week, you did? 
Did I? I got mine anyway. My, I covered my first UFC event. There you go. Sweet. Excellent. Let me just double check. I am 90% sure I did. Yeah, you da, surely da, did. Da, 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 da. If not, yes. I can do the interviews anyway. No bother. No bother. Dublin credential status. Denied. <laughs> Denied. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're gonna have now that now that it's official. An hour and a half of a podcast here. It was meant to finish an hour ago. Well, half an hour ago. Sean, you're going to be covering your first ever UFC Dublin event. This mm-hmm. means we are going to have to do something for the podcast nation. Yeah, after the wins on Friday. We don't do, I don't think we'll have much to do after the wins. Well, speak Come for on. yourself. I what will. Do do? I have to edit everything. I'm, I do. I do like you, you give me shit for not doing work. You should see me on a fight week. That's yeah, about the only time I do any work. I'll admit that. <laughs> but on a fight week, I can do it. When I need to do it, I can do it. Yeah. In fairness. <coughs> Jesus. Well, what, after, what are you going to be doing after wins? What am I oh. going to be doing? Uh, yeah. Probably editing the way in videos and maybe editing a video, a way in video. But we'll be after around. that, Come on. yes, completely free. Ready to socialize, ready to mingle, ready to spam our merchandise. Severe MMA merchandise. That probably won't have. That we will not have, but look, sure, <laughs> we might. If enough people tell us they'll buy it, we may get onto a printer sooner yeah. rather than later. Um, I, I'm sending Gibson anyway, so people will be around there if you see me. Say hello. Are you staying there for the week or just from Friday? Friday and Saturday night. Ah, party in the Gibson. Party in the Gibson Hotel. Um, right, we definitely need to stop doing our own jingles and singing on the podcast. No. Never. Um, to be honest, Sean, I, I was just trying to stall a little bit of time so we'd, we'd be um, finishing at a nice round number of one hour and 30 minutes. So Sweet. until I see you again, have you any plans for the coming days? Mm, just play FIFA. Nothing but FIFA. Start doing <coughs> Do you play online? Are there any podcast no. listeners that might want to give you a game? No, I don't play online. What? No, I used to play online. But actually, I only played online because one of my friends bought me an online subscription for my birthday. We used to pay to play online now. For PS4? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's Watch why it's it. crap. Like, Xbox is the superior console. Yeah, it actually is in PS4 shit. I wouldn't have said that for the last Xbox and, P- and PlayStation 3. But now you but will. The, the PS4 shit, I wish I got an Xbox. Congratulations. Welcome to the dark side. All I need to do is get you to admit Mac is better than Windows. <laughs> but if you want to get in touch over the next week, do not hesitate. At Sean Sheehan Ba, at Severe MMA Pod, or at Andrew McGann underscore. Uh, as always... Share, retweet, tell your friends about the podcast. Thank you very much to everyone who takes the time to listen to the podcast, more importantly. But until then, see you next week.